Hey punters and welcome to Tabs Inside 50. Where is the autograph book? What an all-star lineup today. 610 AFL games between them, two Brownlow medals, four premierships, and absolutely loved by footy fans across the nation. A very warm welcome to Jimmy Bartel and Shane Crawford. Gents, the bizarreness of 2020 just continues. Yeah, I think the AFL got those words right when uh, all this sort of kicked off, the, the COVID crisis and how it affected the game. It, agile and flexible and you do have to tip your cap to AFL headquarters. They're, they're doing everything possible to keep this season alive. Yeah, absolutely. They knew, and I suppose the players knew as well, and they were all uh, educated that, listen, things could be turned upside down very, very quickly, and they have been. Uh, so they've done well to uh, to obviously send off all the Melbourne clubs to an interstate venue. And can I just say, you, uh, it's a bit cold in Melbourne. It's probably about six degrees over the last couple of days. But the Hawthorne boys have gone up to Coogee, where it's about 20, and uh, dipping their toes in the beautiful beach up there. So there should be no complaining. Just get on with it. It's a great experience. You've got to get your head um, in the right space. and Just go and say, okay, here's an experience for the next month or six weeks where we've just got to adapt, have a new location, a new experience, a new environment, and just go for it. And here's Tiger star Jack Rewalt talking about exactly that. It's probably been the one thing that's been on my mind today, just trying to wrap my head around it. And obviously being so far away, it's been difficult. Um, I, I, look, I, I won't lie yet. I'll probably have seven, second guess a little bit coming up here. Um, the uh, leaving yesterday was really tough, just um, obviously with Poppy only being very young and... and, and Carly as well, just leaving leaving her at home and knowing what she has to go through um, by herself, basically being a single parent, um, there's certainly a weight on, on my shoulders about that. That audio, thanks to Fox Footy. So there's Jack talking about some of the trepidations that he's got and no doubt a lot of players are in the same boat. You guys would have done a lot of travelling when you were playing, but not for this long a period of time. How hard would it be? Uh, look, it'd be extremely difficult and it'd be difficult and different for every individual because everyone's got different family backgrounds, you know, uh, different makeup of their family and the way they even go about their week with family or single guys, uh, just how they spend their week as a whole. So it's hard to just put a a broad statement like just suck it up and go or um, no, no, definitely stay at home, family's more important because each individual, this situation means different for them. And this is their job. So um, uh, Justin Langer, the Australian cricket coach, He says the cricket side has to pack up and go away for six months. And you know what? We don't want to leave our families, but that's our job. We've got an opportunity right now to represent our country. And and obviously the players have got an opportunity to to go and play AFL football and and keep earning some money. It's a great job to have. Um, Yes, you know, the the single uh, guys and the younger guys, it it would be like going to a big boarding house and hanging out with how, how good is this? I get to hang out with... With Gary Ablett and Joel Selwood, 24 hours a day, this is pretty cool. I get to really learn and understand what professional life is all about, where obviously the older guys, you know, having that family tie and obviously those kids and and pets and all sorts of things, you love that sort of connection. But for me, if I had the kids and I was a bit older (laughs) in my career, I couldn't wait to get out of the house and have a month away on the road where I could just concentrate Okay, I'm concentrating on my football. I'm going to get the most out of myself, especially as I'm coming towards the end of my career. So maybe I'm looking at it very different. But for me, oh, 
what an opportunity to get away. Well, you, you highlighted the young blokes. I, I know a couple of houses I, I shared with three or four teammates. We would have loved going away, having all our cooking done for us and the place being cleaned on a or every second day or every day because, geez, we lived in some pigsties and ate, ate terribly. Now, you guys never had to be away for this long when you were travelling with the club teams interstate. When you were playing overseas, it was a bit different representing the Aussies. But when the Hawks and the Cats did travel interstate, what were some of the challenges that you'd have? Well, I think early in my career, our, our club couldn't win interstate in, in the early part of the career, and we thought it was always our fault. But then you look back, and all the best sides were interstate teams in early in my career. Brisbane were winning three mm. flags. Port Adelaide was dominant. The Swans were a very good side. And the Crows, with some of their superstars, were tough. Well, were we, West Coast. Oh, how good were West Coast? And West Coast. So we always thought, geez, it had to be our fault. But after a while, you acknowledge, you know what, we're running some good sides. But I remember we tried flying two days beforehand. We even did a weight session before a game, <laughs> before we played the Eagles. We're, going, we're standing out there, you know the, where they'd always put us up, down there, yep. what was that big uh, lawn area in front of the river that was a couple of kilometres of lawn there in Perth? We're out there doing weights before a game. We're going, how's this going to help us beat the <laughs> Eagles tonight? <laughs> we tried all sorts of strange and wonderful things, Shane. We had the same situation. We would always be very sluggish, especially on the long trips like to Perth and even uh, Brisbane, although it's only two hours. But... When you think about it, we, like we tried to work out what what's going wrong. Why are we so sluggish? Why do we feel like we're running around with cement boots on? Which you did at times, especially the interstate clubs. You want to start well. You want to get yourself into the game. But uh, Andrew Russell, who's now in charge of Carlton, he was in charge of Hawthorne, he said it's simple. He said the reason we're not performing well is we're overeating. <laughs> So when you look at it, you wake up in the morning, you have breakfast, and then we go to the airport. You get on the plane, oh, I might have a coffee, and oh, hang on, what have we got there? A little bit of cereal. So you eat on the plane. Then you land in Perth. Oh, hang on, it's lunchtime. Oh, let's go and have a big buffet lunch, and then we're going to go off to training. And then that night, normally you cook yourself some pasta and, and you leave it at that. You might have some fruit, but you're having a buffet dinner. You've got rice, you've got uh, chicken. You've got uh, lots of pasta. You've got all sorts of things. And you're like, oh, I'll have a bit of this. And, oh, I might have a bit of this. So all of a sudden you're eating so much more. I'll take an apple uh, for a snack. Oh, hang on. There's a bit of fruit salad. And oh, I might have a little scoop of ice cream. So, And that's just the day before a game. And then the next morning you wake up and buffet again. I've got pancakes. Uh, well, I've got cereal. I've got toast. Oh, look at those boiled eggs. They look pretty good. So you end up eating too much. You drink too much water. Like you overhydrate. And not until we actually stopped the buffets, had to order only one meal, our performances went through the roof. And that's what we identified as a real issue. We were overeating. And it's the same when anyone goes on holiday. You eat on the planes, you eat on the buses, you eat on the trains, you eat at all the different cafes. And what do you do? You come back from holiday going, oh, gee, I ate way too much. And that working week is a real sluggish week. And we sort of mirrored it up and, and we felt that was a real sort of strong connection for us. And we started to have some success on the road. So we just weren't allowed to eat too much. Now, I'm sure you've both got some great stories you could tell us over a beer about some of the footy stories from when you were playing on the road. But what's one that comes to mind that you're happy to share with us that might have been a bit lighthearted? Well, well, for me, it's very close to what Shane was saying. You'd always see the first-year players and you go, oh, he's overeating at the buffet again. He's going to struggle tonight. <laughs> and we had a – he'll remain nameless, but we had a, a young teammate who'd been from the country and he hadn't spent a lot of time in hotels. And 
a lot of the rooms have the nice big spa in the bathroom, a huge big spa. <laughs> and he thought the night before the game, how good is this? It's got a TV in the bathroom as well. <laughs> so he spent the whole time, we're playing on, on the Saturday, he spent all Friday night, spa on, the bubbles, watching Friday night footy. <laughs> and he got up the next day, he could barely move. He had the crinkly skin, he was, <laughs> he was so lethargic, and the coaches, didn't they rip into him? Uh, they Once they found out, he spent probably three to four hours just having spa bars <laughs> and just putting the feet up and getting the robe. He could barely move the next day. He had zero energy. Dehydrated. <laughs> like you get into the spas, you get so dehydrated. So uh, obviously, you know, an error there. But you work it out as you go. You know, you have all sorts of things. Like for me, especially early on, back uh, when I in my first couple of years, interstate for me was amazing because, you know, I'm a, a boy from the country and I might have caught the train to Melbourne and that's about it. But going on a a plane and playing in front of full houses and, and Friday night games. And we're always told from a coaching point of view, if we win and do well, you guys can go out on the town. And I'm like, <laughs> how good is this? We uh, we get to go out as a team and, and have a great time. And that was pretty much what the teams are going through now, obviously without heading to the pubs and uh, and really getting out and, and meeting um, all the locals. But it was, for me, it was like a big boarding house and that's where I come from, Assumption College, all the boarders, we all lived together and that's where we really bonded as friends and some of them are still my best friends now. So um, that for me is really exciting for a young kid coming through and you'd hit the clubs, you'd get the, the drink cards, you know, <laughs> back in the single days, I used to get some attention thinking, hey, how am I going? Hey, we just played the Adelaide Crows and I, yep, played okay and... She knows my name and this could go somewhere. Maybe this is the person I might need to marry and, and move forward. So uh, a lot of good times back there, Quinny. Do you think this will be more <laughs> beneficial for younger teams or more experienced teams? Oh, it, it's tough um, to, to put an answer on that. I, I think you'd say Port Adelaide. They're a lot younger side, I guess, um, than some of the others. The, the more experienced sides like the Eagles, Tigers, and Cats, even the Hawks, who have got a pretty experienced side, they seem to have gelled, gelled well. And even though Gold Coast hasn't moved, they're sort of a young group together. You can see it can create some energy and excitement. I'm not sure yet, Quinny, whether it helped the older blokes, you know, get a good night's sleep away from the kids and um, just focus on, on footy or, or the young. What do you think? Uh, a new environment's great, but probably after a month or so, you you want to get back to your roots and really sleep in your own bed. But, um, oh, look, I, I just think the club that's been able to soften up the players in the lead-up and get their heads around, listen, let's not complain. Let's not worry too much. We'll make sure everything's okay at home. And, and the clubs are, are great these days. They'll make sure that, you know, any problem uh, or concerns, they'll uh, they'll get on top of and, and they'll make sure they try and manage them to the best they possibly can. But... You know, I, I just think the club that just embraces it and said, awesome, how good's this? Uh, it's not like an Adelaide um, footy camp <laughs> where you go and you get tied up to trees and all sorts of things. It's about let, let's get together. Hey, let's get behind each other. If someone's feeling a bit down, let's get them up. Trying to win a couple of games early on the road, the spirits are going to be really high. Um, even if you have a few losses, it's great to – still be around the same people because you're all in it together and it really is, you know, we're all in this together. Let's get a victory and uh, let's get a big smile on all our faces. Now, one team that needs a victory is Richmond up against mm. Sydney this week. They've got a mountain of injury problems. They've left a few players back and this is what Damien Hardwick had to say. 
So Toby, uh, synesmosis, Dion synesmosis, Trent's got a slight hamstring, so obviously those guys won't play next week. Tom's got a um, might be a broken finger, we're not too sure, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. He obviously played out the game, so we're, we're hoping that'll be okay. It's come at a hefty price, um, you know, but those boys will be back. But it's exciting, I, know, I say this, Reluctantly, but I've lost some players that are incredibly talented. There's no doubt about that. But I've got some players that are going to come in that I'm really, really excited about. We are as excited as a footy club. You know, we've got um, you know Marlon Pickett played well again today. You know, we saw Shea Bolton through the middle of the ground. Sydney Stack, Riley Collier Dawkins didn't play today, but Thompson Dow did look good again. Um, we've got some players I think will play senior footy for us, and pretty soon. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I 100% agree with him. He, he's still got talent everywhere on on the field. And you, you list all those names, you go, geez, that's decimated the side. But you go back to when they won the premiership. They had a lot of players out and gave opportunities to guys to play more footy. So they've had a taste of senior footy. You know, they're obviously not going to be like for like with the guys going out. But they've got some serious talent that can come back in and still in that side. Can they win the premiership still? Oh, we're too far out, mm. and I'd say no, uh, not at the moment. But when you say Shea Bolton and um, and Sydney Stack, you think, okay, they're players who can kick the footy really well. Because that, for me, was the biggest worry. Yes, you can have some injuries to some players, but you've got Hooley and Edwards who aren't going to play. Great run, use the ball uh, well and hit targets. You take Cochin out there, really good leader, but good decision maker under pressure. Um, you take Tom Lynch, so the focus goes on Jack Revolt. Dustin Martin's obviously going to play, but then do you go a hard lockdown and try and take any influence that he can have, which is very hard to do. But Hewitt can do a really good job from a Swans point of view. So I, I thought, oh, no, there's, the Richmond, will, they'll find a way to win. But when you make massive changes like that, the enthusiasm is always great when you bring in some young players and some players who haven't played a lot of footy. It's great for the older players as well, but you still need – some class around them. So I, I think alarm bells this week. It wouldn't surprise me if the Swans cause an upset. The Swans aren't a very good side. They're, a, they're an honest toiler um, and they're, they're, they're still developing themselves. Um, I'm not trying to be harsh, but that's just being realistic of where they're at. But they still have players like Parker and Josh Kennedy through the middle. You know, there's still some real quality there if they can get their hands on the footy. So this, for me, is a big watch. I think this is a, a massive watch just to see, you know, how they get themselves going. And remember, Richmond have been in a bit of a hole. They've finally found a little bit of form, but now they're going to be smashed around again. So it's a great test. Last year, they had a lot of injuries early in the year, but not, obviously, as many to such key players. But uh, it's a great test for them. And I understand where Damien Hardwick's coming from. Boys, here's your opportunity. No holding back now. Show us what you got. Who are you tipping? I'm still going to tip the Tigers. Uh, uh, I'm a bit with Shane. I, I think the Swans are honest and they've still got some brave players, star players who have been fantastic for that club for a long time. But I think the Swans and, you know, if I'm a Sydney supporter, I'd like to see them use it as an experimental is probably not the right word, but you'd like to see, well, give Hayden McLean the rest of the year to run in the ruck, you know, because Naismith's always injured and you'd like Sinclair to play as a forward. So Will Hayward for a little bit go down and play halfback. I think that'd be great for his development. He's still, he's got an immense amount of talent. He's athletic, but he's still having games where he's having five or six touches. Like get him involved in the game. It might help his development for next year when you're throwing forward. Saw Callum Mills play on the Bont 
there for a half. And he played as good as footy as we've seen from Callum Mills for probably two years, haven't we? Like playing that on ball, you know, sort of a run with, not a hard tag. So I think the Swans will be brave, but I just, I don't know, I just think Richmond will have got some players, more match winners, you know, one or two moment sort of players. You know, Martin, we touched on it, Rewalt, if Lynch does play, they've just got some players who can bob up and have a five minute patch which can swing a game. Croft put away the board games, the AFL is back. And so is the Tab Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help 1800 858 858. There are some cracking games this weekend. Cannot wait for Friday night footy. Collingwood up against Hawthorne. Two teams that are currently outside the eight. A lot of experts thought they could potentially go all the way this season. Are you worried about your Hawks? I, I thought they tried. It's probably where they're at last week. They tried, but they just, they're not as good as GWS. But they're still going to be around the mark. I really rate Collingwood, and I do think they've got really good depth. But when you take Degoe out, side bottom out, and uh, Jeremy Howe, oh, that, that's three exceptional players. They're not good players. They're exceptional players. They use the ball really well. Howe intercepts beautifully. Degoe's a freak show in the forward line. And then obviously side bottom, who's great at kicking the ball inside 50 and doesn't make many mistakes. So the more I think about that, I'm thinking, oh, Hawthorne, we're maybe touch off last week. They've got a week going down to Coogee Beach, getting in that beach, freshening up, feeling good about themselves, a new environment, a great environment to be around. I can just see the Hawks having a close one and getting across the line. I was going to ask you, Shane, how important is it Chad Wingard then? Because like Tom Mitchell can have 25, still be a good player. O'Meara brings, brings players into the game. It seems if Wingard has 15 and two or three, the Hawks win and look even better. If he's kept really quiet, it's difficult for the Hawks to win. Yeah, he looked a touch sore last week. I, I don't know. He just wasn't sort of the player that we've seen in the first few games, which has been exceptional. I think he's been Hawthorne's best player. And you're spot on. Like a player like him who can play in the middle, which he's been playing a bit through the middle, but also across that half forward. And the decision-making and the kicking and just the game awareness, um, I think he's their most important player. So... Yeah, like he very rarely does he have two quiet ones when he's sort of feeling good about himself and he's got his body in a good position. So I'm tipping the beach is going to be a good one for them this week and I expect him to bounce back after a disappointing one last week. Now, probably not the pick of the games in terms of interest and teams that are going to be there when the grand final is played and won, but Melbourne versus Gold Coast could Ooh, have big ramifications be... <laughs> if the Demons lose. <laughs> Do you think there's probably less scrutiny on Simon Goodwin this year because of the unique circumstances of the season? I think there's less scrutiny on coaches as a whole because of the uniqueness and the, the different nature of it. But, um, again, if, if they keep having the same problems and the same reasons why they're losing, well, that's when the pressure comes on the coaches because then they go, well, what are you doing differently? Or are you moving the right personnel in, into the right spot? Are you training them up any differently or... Is it a talent thing, Shane? Is it is it on the players that he's got a, a coaching game plan that the players can't execute? Because they do do a lot right. They win contested footy. They they're win, trying hard. Yeah, they win clearances. You can see they're, they're trying to be a bit more aggressive in the way they defend, but they just can't kick inside <laughs> 50. Like, it's, like, which, like, in the old style of footy, you can get away with it, but not now. Like, when you recruit players... And when you train players, they have to be good decision makers under pressure and they've got to be able to hit the kicks. And sometimes they're trying to hit kicks that they're just not capable of. 
And I, I come back to the Hawthorne model under Alistair Clarkson. He had players like Brian Lake, who used to get the ball and run down the wing with the Bulldogs and just blaze away, turn the ball over. All of a sudden, he gets it. He just passes it on, 30-metre kick. Josh Gibson, he's, he was Hawthorne's best kick. He wasn't when he came to the club, but he would do a 25, 30-metre kick just to release, pass it on. So that's all you need to do. So I think the players just need to simplify it. If I was coaching Melbourne, I'd say simplify your game. Don't, you know, we get Clayton Oliver just blazing away, getting the ball as long as possible down the line. Just pass it on. Just give it to someone who can then, you know, take responsibility then to pass it on themselves. They're trying hard, but they've scored 51 points, 52 points. They won a game with 54 points and 44 points. That's what they've produced this year. And... That's not good enough. It's not good enough to win games of football. They won one game against Carlton, and that was with the fifty-four points. So they've got to they've got to try something different. And I, I don't know what that is. Um, I'm thinking, do you chuck someone like a Stephen May in the forward line and just say, "Listen, just give us a contest, and we'll go with uh, some smaller types underneath." But that's all we need. We just need you to give us a contest. Uh, we're going to try something different. But they are trying. But they're not in a position this year to try. <laughs> They've got to win. Like Last year was a disaster for the Ds. I think they were the worst performed side throughout the whole year from an expectation point of view. And this year they've had one win, which was one point, and they fell across the line. If they were to beat Gold Coast... By the way, they're going to be my best bet. Oh, there we go. <laughs> do you see the potential there with them? Is it, is it close to clicking for them, or do you have concerns? Oh, you'd have to have concerns because it's now it's 18 months that they've been playing this way. That, that's a pattern of footy. It's not just a form slump and it's not just an injury or two, which they did have some injuries last year, but they're still playing the same way. And a bit further to Shane's point, that you'd like them to then go, well, if we can't hit targets and we're not a silky skilled side, let's play a manner which you know, gives us the best chance to score. And for me, I'd like to see them reward the guy running past a bit more and get some handball. So then you encourage guys mm. to join in. You, you know what it's like if... If someone takes a mark and gives the handball, you know, Nick Holland, you run off. The, so next time next time he, he marks it, you go, well, he's going to probably give it to me. So you run. And, but if he keeps burning you or not giving it to yeah. you, you go, well, I'm not running over there. So you'd like to see, you know, if you, you know, imagine it, Tom McDonald marks it, well, then, you know, Oliver runs past. And then at least they can get some numbers inside forward 50. And as Shane was saying, kick it to a target and you get a lot more scrappy goals. So it is a big week for, for Melbourne. And, not that all games are a free hit, but Gold Coast can just keep playing with the same energy because no matter what, the storyline's going to be Melbourne, isn't it? Are you tipping the demons? Oh, <laughs> Reluctantly. I tell you what, this footy tipping this year, it's very oh. hard. They, um, they have to win. It's yeah. as simple as that. This season, not only their season, the, the coaches on the chopping block, you can't tell me behind the scenes that they're not having board meetings going, have we, have we got the right, what's going on? What Have we got the right person? Like Everyone will be questioning themselves and it's only natural. We're not here to say, hey, get rid of coaches because it's a, it's a very tough job. But that's what happens behind the scenes. If you're not getting a W next to your name, uh, the pressure mounts. So they have to win. They've got Max Gorn. Like Jimmy Bartell would have won 10 Brownlows <laughs> roving to Max Gorn. He gives them the very first use. He's incredible. So they need to be getting more bang for buck. Some big games on Sunday, none bigger than Port Adelaide up against GWS. We know you're linked with the Giants, mm. so I won't get you to dissect and preview this one too much. 
But who do you see winning this one? Well, I, I like Port Adelaide um, as a team. I think, you know, obviously, you know, proof's in the pudding because they've done well so far this year. But I like what I'm seeing from GWS over the last couple of weeks. Their win against Collingwood was a real effort. You could see it wasn't that they relied on their class and their skill level. It was just effort. And then I, it was like they clicked in the gear against Hawthorne and we saw the real GWS. So I just think they're starting to to find real form, um, and I can see them, you know, um, defeating Port Adelaide. But remember, good sides don't normally lose two in a row, so it's a great test for Port Adelaide to bounce back after the loss against the Lions. Now, the Giants going much better than when we spoke two weeks ago. There are still areas for improvement. Where do you see that coming? Yeah, well, it's not often that you're going to win games the, the way they did against the Hawks with only 28 inside forward 50s. So, so they're still going to fine-tune some things uh, – from their defensive point of view. So they need to get up and turn the footy over. And if you look to Richmond when they've won premierships, they, they were the best side at turning the footy over and scoring, you know, scores off turnover. So the Giants need to keep working on that, try and give their defenders a, a little bit of uh, fresh air instead of you know, being under siege the whole time because that Port Adelaide forward line is very, very good. It can be quick and lively and big Chaz Dixon in career best shape and career best form be a threat. So the best way to keep it uh, out of there is just deny the amount of inside 50s and have a few more because it's not often you can have 28 and then convert the way you did. And, and to, um, probably not a, a reliable way to win a lot of games of footy. It, it's super. It's a big tick to the forward line and how it's functioning. But you probably want to you know, keep the ball a little bit more in your half. I think they've got the best defender in the competition, Nick Haynes. Uh, he's just very good at, at reading the play. He's good at defending when he needs to, and he's right up there with uh, Harris Andrews uh, from the Brisbane Lions. But I, I reckon Nick Haynes, for me, is probably my favourite defender in the competition. He's great to watch, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit. And the final team I want to talk to you about is one of the feel-good stories so far, St Kilda. They were absolutely outstanding last weekend. They should beat Fremantle. How much of a threat could they be this year? A big threat because they're one of the few teams that's willing to play with some speed on the game, along with the Lions who like a bit of speed, Port Adelaide play that way, which that's how you beat you know, these defensive zones and defensive coaches. If, if you're willing to take a few risks, you know, play to your strengths, which they've got a lot of runners. They went and got them uh, in trade and free agency. You know, Butler's been fantastic. I know Hanbury's got injuries and things like that, but they're definitely playing with a lot more energy on the game. And that, that gives them more opportunities and it, and it makes it easier to score because – when you finally do get inside forward 50, you're having one-on-ones or guys heading back to the goal square. And last week's win was good because they were coming off a pretty short break. Brad Hill, who I just think's an incredible player, didn't have any influence on the game. So it was it was a real good performance right across the board, an even performance. And, and they're getting players that can actually kick the ball and, and use the ball really well under Brett Ratton. So it's obviously been a real focus um, to make sure, work hard to get the footy, but maintain possession, use it put it in the right spots, kick the ball to advantage, and it's great. We want St Kilda up and about. It'll be good for the competition. Yeah, Dan, the other thing with that is um, often when you, you get a, a recruiting, especially a defender, and if you don't notice them, that means they're going really well. And I think they found Dougal Howard from Port Adelaide. With all the people they've gone and got from other clubs, they've probably forgotten about him. But he's just slotted into the key defensive post and already – he and Carlisle have got a nice little combination going on down back. And it's so vital, those teams that have got those two tall key defenders, and we're seeing a lot of the successful teams work that so well this year. 
Croft put away the board games, the AFL is back. And so is the Tab Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help 1800 858 858. We're going to get Shane Crawford's best bet and Jimmy Bartell's going to give us Monday's headline. Crawford, open the batting. (sighs) My best bet is the Melbourne Football Club. They can't kick a score. They've got the best ruckman in the league who gives them first use. Their forward line is not functioning, but they're my best bet because why? Because they just have to win. Like, and do you know what? Sometimes in life, you got to step up. You got to find a way. And this week is the way. Matt Rowe goes out for the Gold Coast. He's been a very good player. He's kicked goals for them. I thought they were pretty good against Geelong. They put up a good showing. But I reckon this is the week to get them off a uh, trip down to Geelong. You know, maybe just starting to feel the season. Melbourne have to win. They have to win. Hopefully we're not talking about Melbourne next week losing because I've got a feeling that uh, the papers are going to just jump all over this and really sort of give Simon Goodwin uh, a real hard time. I thought the most courageous act on a footy field I had seen was Nick Rewalt running back to take that mark at the SCG. But you making Melbourne your best bet might take the cake. Jimmy, what will Monday's headline be? Oh, it'll be something to do with West Coast, I think. Like, no place like home or look out, here comes West Coast because with the hub life we've got and no one's ever going to come back to Victoria, they'll be playing in front of big crowds, Optus Stadium, and they could have six, seven, eight games in a row there. And we know how well the Eagles play there at home. And they've finally just got their monkey off the back. They've, they've got that win, and they'll just be rattling off home games. So, look, here comes West Coast. They might charge up the ladder in 2020. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. And punters, you've been listening to Tabs Inside 50. Inside 50.